When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code POD to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code POD at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code POD. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number 20 of At The Turn. Nick, we made it. <laughs> Finally. It's been it's been a, a while since we've recorded, but you know, we're going to hit our stride, Joe. I got a really good feeling for uh, for us for this summer. Yeah, golf season is here. It's time to pick up the clubs, time to play, time to listen to At The Turn. Thank you all for tuning in. Fun show for you. We're going to wrap up uh, the Wells Fargo Championship. Just touch on that briefly. Going to chat about Rory, of course. He had some interesting words before that tournament. Players' Championship is coming up this week. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Nick poses a fun, real-life question uh, about how much golf you would play if you didn't have to work. Tony Romo, of course. What's our golf podcast without Tony (laughs) Romo? Uh, Tony Talk. Tony Tony (laughs) Talk. New segment. Uh, Nick, first, let's start with the uh, the Wells Fargo Championship. We're recording this on the Sunday evening. It's really the evening for you. It's about what ten thirty local time. It is. It's ten thirty where I'm at. So this uh, it's been a busy stretch for us, which is why uh, we haven't been recording many podcasts. But I just finished the last event for my work. That's like the the end of the busy stretch. So uh, got the first thing. First thing when you get done with like a busy four months at work is go and retur- record an epic term podcast. So that's <laughs> that's what we're doing here. It's it's ten forty five at night and uh, we're rolling. So, Wells Fargo Championship, uh, that's the tournament they have just outside of Charlotte that precedes the Players' Championship. I thought it was going to be a lot more interesting than it was. Jason Day beat a bunch of folks who have only won a tournament or two or haven't won any. That's his second win this season. He won at Torrey Pines earlier this year. He won by two shots over Nick Watney, who's... Kind of a journeyman veteran, few wins. And Aaron Wise, I want to give a quick shout-out to Aaron Wise. That is the NCAA individual champion from a few years back from the University of Oregon. Uh, they won the team title as well on their home course in Eugene. And Aaron Wise had this. So I didn't watch a ton of the tournament, but I did see this yesterday 
on 18. So Wise has been sort of flirting with a few leads. This was his most serious chance to win, but he's been kind of sneaking around the top 10 a few times. And the 18th at Quail Hollow, Wise hit his shot into a hazard pretty, pretty close to the flag, probably 30 feet. And he had a severe downhill lie, so he had to hit like into the downslope over a little creek, not much green to work with. And he was debating whether or not he was going to take a drop, whether or not he was going to hit the shot. He decides, okay, I'm going to hit the shot. He was two shots back at that point. Uh, of course, this is on Saturday. So first shot, he swings, hits right underneath the ball. So swing and a miss. So now, the, and, and the ball was, in there, Joe. Oh, Nick. And, and the worst part was the ball was kind of fluffed up. And after he swung and missed, the ball kind of settled down in the depression. So he left himself a harder shot. And then he's in this terrible spot of, okay, I'm obviously embarrassed. Do I want to take a one-stroke penalty now or do I try and pull off the hero shot? So he did try again. He hits it out of the hazard, chunks it to about, oh, 40 feet, other side of the green on the fringe. And he has this chip shot for a bogey, and he sinks it. It was so clutch. Because you have this really good round. You're thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to play with Jason Day in the final group in this big tournament in the PGA Tour. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there after whiffing in the hazard. You're like, well, probably going to make a triple. (laughs) So just an incredible show from him. Um, Nick, Tiger did play in this tournament. This was the least noise Tiger's made in a tournament so far this year. Yeah, I think um, I, I think people are getting more accustomed to Tiger participating in golf tournaments on a regular basis. I mean, I remember walking around Thursday afternoon thinking, oh, I, I think Tiger Woods is playing today. I should go check a leaderboard. Um, and, and that was Thursday, and I checked the leaderboard, and I saw – a bunch of names I had never, <laughs> never recognized before uh, <laughs> above Tiger's name, and uh, saw that he kind of grinded out, made the cut on a. He had to make kind of a tough putt on Friday to make the cut. So it looked like he had to make a birdie on his last hole. It appeared to make the cut, and he did. The cut line ended up moving another shot, so he made it. Okay. He he, he had a buffer, but at the time he made it safely, safely with inside the cut. <laughs> right. He he thought at the time when he had that putt, it was probably to make the cut, and to his credit, he made it. It's interesting that we're sort of in this position now with Tiger where he, he finished tied for 55th where, you know, we're probably going to get a lot more of these kind of results than we're going to get the results that we had earlier on in the Tiger Woods run where he was ripping off top tens, nearly one in Tampa. So, you know, Tiger is getting used to playing PGA Tour golf again, and I think we should expect a few of these kinds of results with a few it's just part of the game, though. I mean, it's just—it's it, so hard to digest one tournament in itself, you know, and what it means. I mean, guys miss cuts. I mean, like top ten golfers in the world miss cuts all the time. I mean, Rory and and Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson—they they miss cuts, and it, it, it's acceptable every once in a while. So you know, like a, a tied for fifty-five finish—it's hard to make a big deal out of. You know, just one event in itself. I think we'll see. I mean, he's playing back to back. Obviously, he's playing next week at the Players. Um, I think we can kind of group those two results together and take something from that. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's hard to say he's slipping or we should get more used to this or you know that it's representative of anything because it's just with golf, it's so hard hard to really gain much from one event in itself. That's true, and the Tiger factor is certainly. The biggest part of my comment, right? He's set such a high standard that when you see a T55 next to Tiger, you think, oh, that's kind of a clunker. But to your point, 
it's just great to see him play four rounds of golf. I mean, there was a point in the not-too-distant past where we didn't know that that was going to be possible. So him competing this week, making the cut, playing four rounds, and presumably next week as well, if he makes the cut of the players, he'll play four more rounds after that, and then we kind of get into the heart of the major championship season. So a lot of golf on the horizon for Tiger, and hopefully he continues to stay healthy and can get in contention one a few times. Yeah, I like... uh... I know we're going to do our predictions for for the players, so I'm not going to give anything away. But I like I'm excited for what I think we're going to see out of Tiger next week. Oh, okay. Preview of coming attractions <laughs> from Nick there. <laughs> um, one thing that caught my eye in the lead up to the Wells Fargo Championship uh, was a quote that Rory McIlroy had, and Rory's always full of good quotes. I, I I know he probably rubs some people the wrong way, but I find him to be very very genuine in everything he says. I don't think he has an agenda. I think Rory's the kind of guy where he just gives a very honest answer to whatever question he's given. I don't think he's ever disrespectful or rude, but he just gives an interesting perspective. So I'll just read the quote real quick, Nick, and then I'll get your reaction to it. So this is what Rory said. The Masters has now become the biggest golf tournament in the world, and I'm comfortable saying that. I don't care about the U.S. Open or the Open Championship. It is the biggest golf tournament in the world, the most amount of eyeballs, the most amount of hype, Everything is at Augusta. For me, it's the most special tournament that we play, and it's the one everyone desperately wants to win. But even if I was going for my first major, it's still tough to win. Nick, what do you think about that? Uh, I think it's very honest, like you said. Uh, I, it's surprising the way – two things surprise me. Number one, the way he words, I don't care about the U.S. Open or the Open Championship. Uh, to say you don't care about it, I understand what he's saying, that the Masters is, is – that much higher on a pedestal, um, so which I think is I I think it's generally kind of kind of accepted that the Masters is the best major. I mean, as from a fan perspective, I mean, people have differing opinions, but I think overall, like people would say, yeah, the Masters. If you would want, win one major, it'd probably be the Masters. Um, it, the timing is kind of surprising. I mean, here we are in May. The the Masters has been. I mean, is it his first tournament since the Masters? Must be, uh, but but it's kind of it's not like the Masters is coming up. I mean, he can't win that tournament for another twelve months, so it, it's kind of interesting. I'm sure somebody asked him about it, but uh, the timing is kind of interesting, and the fact that he calls out the other majors <laughs> and doesn't even mention the PGA, which I think is also funny. Um, very interesting. Yeah, all tournaments that Rory's won, he won the U.S. Open, he's won the Open Championship, he's won the PGA twice. So it is it is interesting. I think that this was very much in context. He was obviously, I don't think he just sat down and said, all right, guys, listen, the Masters, the biggest tournament in the world. I think he was obviously asked about this, but it is interesting that he is so honest about saying that he doesn't care about the U.S. Open or the Open Championship. Uh, it, it would be almost better if he said, I didn't care about the U.S. Open or the Open Championship as much as the Masters, but I think from context clues, you can take away that that's what he's trying to I, get at. I think we all know that he cares about the U.S. Open. Of I, I don't think it's any disrespect to those. And I'm sure there will, there will be people uh, who go on Golf Channel and, and say, oh, he's so disrespectful to these Open Championships. I don't take that at all. I, I think that he's kind of embracing the pressure. I think we've talked about it before on this show. He has put a ton of pressure on himself to win the Masters, and maybe he's just been internalizing it. Uh, and now he's just kind of embracing it and just saying, like, look, it's it is it is a huge goal. It is it is a big deal. It's that much bigger of a deal than all these other majors. So I think he's just kind of embracing the pressure and just taking it head on and just saying, look, yeah, it, it that's that's a real thing. And that is one way to go about it. 
there are a lot of golf, not, not a lot, but there are certainly a number of golfers who have won three of the four majors and not won the fourth. Arnold Palmer did not win a career Grand Slam. He never won the PGA. Phil Mickelson has never won the U.S. Open. Yet. How dare you, Joe? Yeah, well, yet. look, we don't have our U.S. Open preview yet, but I can tell you this much. <laughs> I will be picking Phil Mickelson to win the, the U.S. Open. There's, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Um, but I understand him coming out and saying this, but he does put a lot of pressure on himself. And you're right. He probably is internalizing this pressure, and this is a good, maybe cathartic way for him to sort of externalize it. But this is putting a lot of pressure on himself to say, look, the Masters is everything. It's what I want to win. It's what I looked forward to all year. And not so much from the perspective that he's diminishing anything else. But if you gear yourself up for just one tournament a year, that's that's so it's just so much pressure to put on yourself. I I, I don't know that it is impossible not to do that, but I can't imagine that it is good for your chances to win that tournament. He's already been putting that pressure on himself. At the yeah. Masters, I, I I think 100%. I don't think anything has changed with his mindset other than the fact that now he's just saying it out loud. I mean, maybe before he was trying to brush off the career Grand Slam talk and kind of downplay it, but maybe he's just come to the point where, like, it's only going to get bigger and, and harder and harder to play that down and just rather than fight it, just just take a head on, embrace it, and say, yeah, look, it, it it's the biggest tournament of the year, biggest tournament in the world. Like, that's what it is. And I think more to the larger point, you're right, Nick. If you were to go on any golf course and poll everyone out there and say, if you could play one golf course and play in one professional golf tournament, what would it be? The number one answer is going to be Augusta and the Masters. Yeah, if we're on Family Feud, that, that, that's <laughs> going to be the top answer for sure. And there's people who will have a different opinion, and, and that's fine. I mean, you can you know, obviously disagree, but I, I think generally speaking, that's, that's going to be the answer. So we're going to put a pin on PGA Tour Talk for just a minute, Nick. I want to I want to talk about something that is staring you in the face. How much golf would you play if you didn't have to work? Now, why don't you, why don't you set this up for the patrons of At The Turn? So, so first we got to apologize. You know, we haven't been giving the At The Turn fans uh, podcast as regularly as we would have liked to. I've been I've been really busy with work. I work in an athletics department and school year's over now. Uh, our seasons are done. All of our sports are done. And I only work 10 months a year. So the rest of May is going to be pretty easy. June and July, literally do not have to work. August also going to be pretty easy. So I can pretty much play golf as much as I want for, for two straight months. And so I've kind of been thinking about it. Like, am I going to play seven days a week? Am I going to play four or five days a week, uh, which I think is the minimum. Like, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't even fathom playing less than four days a week. Um, are, are there going to be days I just wake up at 6 a.m. And, and play golf until, you know, the sun goes down, like 54 whole days? There's no, there's not really going to be too many restraints on how much golf I can play. So that's interesting. Uh I guess if I was in your position, I would I would not want to play golf four days a week. Um, I would be more of the mindset That's of too few, too little, or too, too much. <laughs> for me, for me, it's too much. I would I would play golf two or three days a week and practice more than I would play. Yeah, uh, that that's for sure. That that's part of the equation. I think I'm kind of lumping those into into 
one group. You know what I mean? Whether I go yeah. to the course and put around and, and practice. Pr- practice is going to be, you know, uh, there's got to be quite a bit of it considering where my game's at. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I kind of love that. It's just like, how much of my day am I going to dedicate to golf? Yeah. I mean, so how much is your plan to do this at one track or are you going to sort of spread out where you're going to play? No, I'm going to wear out one track. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a, uh, like a season pass and, uh, just, just make it my home, home see, away from home. See, that's good, man. I think, I think if I were you, I would do like two, three days a week of actually like going out and playing golf and the rest, you know, let's make this short game day. We'll make this mid iron day. And then you can like play three or four holes knowing that, all right, I'm not going to count this round toward my handicap. I'm just going to go out. I'm going to work on this specific thing. And then we can kind of go back to the lab and tinker with it and then go back out to the course and actually put it into action. Uh, I just worry that, you know, playing just six, seven days a week, you're going to get burned out, especially doing it on just on one golf course. Because maybe you're going to get really good at that one golf course, but can the game travel? Right. I, I hear you. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to – I think I have to have six days a week of golf, and I think I think there will be days where I just like, you know, like you said, hit – Hit the putting green for a little while. Hit the range for a little while. Work on one or two things, and then uh, and then take it to the course. And at least for like nine holes for that day, and kind of like put it into action. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be good. I think I, I can't imagine playing less than like seventy two holes a week, though. And your uh, your better half. This is this is all uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. Um. Yeah. Well, she she's gonna have to be at work, and so my plan is to mm. play golf in the morning. Do my golf before like 12, 1 o'clock, before lunchtime, and then come home, make sure all the chores are done, make sure there's a nice dinner waiting for her when she gets home from work. So she really has nothing to complain about. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have it all figured out, Nick. It's just, uh, you know. It's all mapped out. <laughs> it's, all, it's all mapped out. We got, our, we got our big tournament coming up in six weeks. So as long as your game is peaking for the 2018 Corner Club Open, I'll be happy. Yeah, well, either the game will be peaking or the handicap will be peaking. So <laughs> one either, <or> <laughs> either one will bring something to the table. Uh, speaking of tournaments, Nick, I actually did something I've never done before. Uh, I played in a Oregon Golf Association amateur tournament. I had been considering doing this for a few years, and I figured, what the hell? My handicap is barely good enough. You have to be 10 or less, and I'm a 7. So I decided to try to enter the qualifier they had two qualifying rounds. So first of all, the tournament is the pub links, excuse me, is the mid-amateur for Oregon, the Oregon Golf Association mid-amateur. And basically what that mid-amateur. means. So that's, this is, yeah, what's, what qualifies a mid-amateur? I know we've talked about it before, but let's, let's lay it out there. So it's great. The Oregon amateur, and I'm sure all amateur, state amateur tournaments throughout the United States are just rife with high school and college kids that are going to go and play D1 and like on mini tours and they're going to shoot 66s and they're going to make it no fun for people like me. So this tournament (laughs) is great because the mid-amateur means you have to be 25 years or older to be in the field. So that is awesome. All the young bucks are out. I'm one of the youngest people in the field at like 32 probably. (laughs) So I really dig that. And we played at this golf course down by Salem. Um, and it was a really fun experience. I played high school golf, but I haven't really done anything competitive since then. And it was just really neat. They had actually live scoring out on the golf course. So every four holes that we completed, someone would take our score down. If you weren't so inclined and my God, I can't imagine why you would be. 
to follow someone on like during their round in the Oregon Mid Amateur, you could do so. Their score would update online every couple of holes. There were markers out there, so if your ball was flirting with an out of bounds or a hazard, they were they were spotting it. We played in less than four hours, which was very surprising wow. to me. That's really surprising. And the craziest part was you draw, you know, strips to see who goes first. And so I was the first person on the tee, and I walk up, I put the ball down, and I I kid you not. This is what happened. From from imagine you're you're teeing up, you're waggling, you're about to hit, and this is so, someone yells this from behind. From Portland, Oregon, now teed Joe Simons. <laughs> <laughs> wow. At that point, at that point, I'm thinking, oh my god, let's just make contact with this golf ball. I don't care <laughs> if I hit it in the driving range. I cannot shame my family's name. <laughs> <laughs> to the applause of no one, my name was read aloud. Right. It was that's awesome, Nick. It was hysterical. I I didn't play great. I mean, the most the most representative stretch of the round was I went birdie, triple bogey, birdie in a three hole stretch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's a great way to play three holes one over. No doubt. I uh, you know I shot I shot eighty four. I had like forty putts. I, I hit the ball okay. I couldn't mm-hmm. putt, but. You know, look, it was one of those things that I've really wanted to do it. There's a stroke play event. There's a Oregon Golf Association stroke play championship that's coming up in July. Uh, you have to have a five handicap or less to do that. So, you know, I have a fun goal to try to get below a five and play yeah. that later this summer. That's awesome. That That's great, Joe. I mean, I, uh, I'm i a little bit jealous. I'd like to play in some actual competitive tournament. I mean, we play in the, the Corner Club Open, which is fun and competitive, but, you know, it's you know, it's a team event, and it's a uh, you know, it's run by a bar. So I, mean, I think that's all you need to know <laughs> about uh, the level of competitiveness there. But no, that's awesome. I'd like to uh, get involved with stuff like that. So uh, good for you. Thanks, man. Yeah, I would. I would really like to strongly encourage anyone out there who's considering doing something like that, thought of doing something like that, um, to look into it. It it really is a lot of fun to to get out there that sort of competitive atmosphere, and it really does make a casual round of golf. Seems so easy by comparison. It's just, it's good to put yourself in that high stress of a situation and see how you perform to sort of have you some sort of perspective against you playing with your buddies and then like, wow, I'm like, people are keeping my score. There's spotters out there. It just, it was a really cool experience. I recommend it to everybody. Did uh, you, did you have a caddy? No, I'm glad you, you brought that up. No, so I did not. And so the field was assigned by handicap. So, you know, scratch golfers went out first, so on and so forth. I was in the second to last group because, again, I'm a seven handicap and 10 or below or 10, 10 or below and you're in the field. So there probably wasn't a lot of people who were in that seven to 10 range. There was one group behind us and there was a couple of bros putting before the round. And I could tell that they were in the last group. And I thought, oh, OK, they're just buddies. And then I see them get to the first tee and I'm walking off after I hit my tee shot. And I just say, hey, you know, enjoy your round. And they're like, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. And I see them out like on the third hole. One of them has an OGA caddy bib on. One of them was a caddy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wear a bib. They have yeah. They had a they had a whole like bucket of uh, caddy bibs. <laughs> they were just oh, sitting that's there. Great. It was that's it was fantastic. pretty fun. Um, yeah, dude. It was it was a really good time. So people should uh, people should check it out. Good stuff. So Nicholas, uh, why don't we take why don't we take a break here? Talk about the best German golf company in the world, and uh, we'll come back and talk a little Players' Championship. Sounds good. So I got a lot of questions when I was at this amateur golf tournament that I played a few weeks back. I had this really sharp hat on. 
said Vice Golf on it. And a lot of people asked me questions. They said, Joe, what do you know about Vice Golf? Joe, are Vice Golf Balls really as good as Titleist and the premium brands? And the answer, of course, is yes. And that Vice is the best German golf company out there. You can use the promo code TURN to get free shipping anywhere in the United States. They have a really cool new thing where you can get the logo of your favorite NBA team on your Vice Golf Balls. I'm going to get me a box of Blazer Golf Balls pretty soon. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also going to get free shipping because I'm going to use promo code TURN, T-U-R-N at checkout. Free shipping anywhere in the United States. Vice Golf. All right, Nick, coming up in a few days here from when we're recording, the Players' Championship will commence. This is the last time that they're going to play the event in May. It is going to move to March next year, and then the PGA Championship will be in May. So it's going to be interesting to see how the tournament being earlier on in the year, even though it's in Florida, if the weather is going to change at all for this tournament. You love the players. I'm kind of lukewarm on it. Can you explain why you like this tournament so much? Uh, it's fun. You know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's right when golf season's kind of hitting full swing. Um, you know, they got the, the green, it's kind of got some history to it. It gets, it gets people excited and I'm one of those people. I mean, uh, I kind of buy into what they're selling, I guess, really, <laughs> you know, you get a good field. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you're getting excited about golf and, uh, and you know, you got the, the Island green and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just eating it up better than most. That's right, Joe. <laughs> Better than most. I got a story. I mean, now that you said that, when we first started talking about having a golf podcast, uh, my first idea for a name of the podcast was better than better than most. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I I hadn't done any like market research or anything like that. But then I found um, No Laying Up uses that call for like their introduction to their podcast. So we, it was kind of a uh, that was already taken. We couldn't really do that, so we had to we had to settle with at the turn instead of better than most. But there was a time where I thought better than most, and there was like a couple of days I was walking around like, oh, this is gonna be great. Like, what a perfect name for a golf podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and the so that is a great call, Gary Coke. Of course, when Tiger hit that very famous putt in 2001 Players Championship, it's across the island green, and Gary Coke keeps saying, Johnny, that's better than most. That's better than most. Better than most. And as great a call as that is, Johnny Miller could not shut his mouth <laughs> no. during that call. He has to chime in and say, how about in? Just shut your mouth, Johnny Miller. You, he, As much as he tried, he couldn't ruin that call because it was so great. People still play it, and he just, oh, it always aggravates me when I hear it. Yeah. How about in? <laughs> yeah, shut how up, Johnny. <laughs> that should be the name of our, co- of our podcast. How about in? <laughs> Oh, man. So, for the players, a cool note. It just came out today. Tiger is going to play with Phil, and Ricky is going to play with them as well. So, that is going to be awesome. Yeah, that, that'll that be fun. I, uh, You know, I like, I like it when they do stuff like that. You know what I mean? I know it's, like, all selling out and, you know, whatever. I don't care. I'll, I'll take it. Tiger, Phil, Ricky, I'll take all of it. Yeah, Every and- one of those. Tiger's 42 and Phil is 47. Who knows how many more times they're actually going to play together when we think they have realistic chances of winning. And this is the first time that Tiger and Phil have played together in almost four years. It was the 2014 PGA Championship, the last time they were paired together. And I saw a very interesting note, Nick, because I was thinking about this. Tiger Woods, when you win the U.S. Open, you get a 10-year exemption into the tournament. It's not like the Masters or the British Open. You don't get a lifetime exemption into the U.S. Open. So 
You get a 10-year exemption. Tiger Woods won in 2008. I'm almost certain this is the last year Tiger actually has exempt status into the U.S. Open. Tiger has full status on the PGA Tour, so he can play in any tournament he wants on the strength of his win at the Players' Championship in 2013. So because Tiger has not played very much golf, you know, his world ranking is lowered, his FedEx Cup, all the kind of stuff that factors in to a normal PGA Tour player being able to actually play in tournaments is the things that Tiger doesn't have. But because Tiger won this tournament five years ago, he is able to play in a lot of events. So it's if if Tiger wasn't making this comeback this year, he would have this weird position where he'd have to start qualifying for tournaments, which I, I just can't imagine Tiger Woods going out and trying to qualify for a U.S. Open. He's Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, U.S. Open's different, but like all the other events, I mean, he can play anywhere he wants. I mean, sponsors, exemptions, everybody's going to want him in the field. So, But yeah, the U.S. Open, uh, it'll be interesting. Maybe next year it'll be Tiger and Tony Romo (laughs) (laughs) as the local qualifier. Oh, we're teasing the people. We're going to get to the Romo talk, we promise. But first. Uh, I I had a follow-up for that. uh, Oh, yeah. That pairing, though, Joe. Uh, do you kind of take that that they're pairing Tiger and Phil together on Thursday and Friday as a, it is an admission that these tournament organizers organizers no longer think it's a possibility to happen over the weekend? Um, maybe a little bit. I think mostly that they're going to have awesome ratings on Thursday and Friday because you're saying, well, Tiger and Phil are playing together. I think I'll tune in for that. You know, it's like. If you can guarantee eyeballs on your golf tournament by putting these two guys together, you'd be crazy not to do it. And you're going to throw in arguably the most popular young player on tour. Yeah, for sure. And it could be a way to also like you're draw you're drawing them in for Tiger and Phil, and then uh, you know you stay in the future for Ricky when when those guys are gone. Yeah, that's exactly right. Know. Yeah. Um. So Nick. We didn't do a show before the Masters, and we talked about it on our post-Masters podcast, but I would just like to reiterate how impressive your picks were for yes, Augusta. Yes. Can you, can Let's you... talk about that for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and recount what they were? Uh, let's just look ahead, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had Phil, and I had Rory, and um, I had Patrick Reed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I sure did. Yeah, you Man, had the I winner that week. <laughs> you had the winner of the golf tournament and the person who was right there with him. So yeah, that was that was very very impressive. Um, do you want to lay out your your picks first for the players? Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying um, before I looked at our show rundown, uh, my the guy I had picked to win it was was the guy you ended up picking to win it. So I, I decided to not be lame and I changed my pick because you know okay. what I mean. It's just. So well, the fans will find out in a minute who your pick is. But uh, my dark horse, he he uh, was towards the top of the leaderboard today, and it wasn't the first time he's been towards the top of the leaderboard. The biggest geek on tour, Bryson DeChambeau. Um, the professor. He, 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 he uh, seems to have be, be putting together a decent season, so he's my dark horse. Um, I, I used to kind of like him a little bit, but I, I, think, uh, I think it's kind of getting old for me now. Oh, you've cooled? Uh, Wait a minute. You've cooled on DeChambeau? I've cooled. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I'm, I'm cooling on DeChambeau for sure, uh, very rapidly. Um, Justin Thomas, my contender. I mean, this guy, he had a chance to get to number one in the world today. I think he finished like 10, He finished like 22nd, and he needed to finish uh, tied for 12th or better to be, become number one in the world. So 
Um, he he's on the rise. He's been. I mean, he's just been on a tear for the last couple of years. Uh, we'll be not surprised at all if he wins the tournament. And my winner right now, Rory. I think uh, once he gets focused, once he gets dialed in, once he sets his mind to something, he he can be tough to beat. And I think that something something kind of big could be brewing for Rory. Um, and, and this could be a good stage. I mean, I could see him going on a, on a major tear. Uh, by major I mean major championships, I could see him uh, performing well this week and winning one or two majors this year if he if he can stay locked in. So uh, that's my pick to win it. Well, Rory is never a bad pick to win anything, so I, I like that. Uh, quick, yeah, I, I keep my picks pretty safe too, Joe. I know you're praising my picks, but I mean, it's not like I'm <laughs> it's not like I'm pulling dark horses out of the. You know, no, you picked pull. Patrick Reed to win the Masters. Yeah, that was who that didn't was see impressive. that coming. <laughs> Not I, Rabbi. So the Justin Thomas thing, a quick note on him. You mentioned that he could have gotten to number one in the world uh, today at the Wells Fargo Championship. Dustin Johnson is horrible at the Players' Championship. He has one top 25 in his career at the Players' Championship. He's number one in the world right now. So if the time is now for Justin Thomas, I'm, I'm sure if he puts a decent week together, he'll be number one in the world, unless Dustin Johnson... Uh, performs well, which he hasn't at the Players' Championship. So that's something else to watch out for. Um, so, Nick, my picks. Uh, my dark horse, he was my dark horse at Augusta. He's my dark horse <laughs> at Pontrevedra Beach. Kevin Kisner, who is 24th in the world right now, seven top 20s this season, and he famously lost in a playoff at Sawgrass a few years ago to Ricky Fowler. And I think Sergio was in that as well. Uh, my contender, Paul Casey, the Englishman, 13th in the world. He's had a top 25 the last two years at the uh, players. He finished fifth in the Wells Fargo, which wrapped up today. Very consistent season. He's had a handful of top 10s. He also had a victory this year. Uh, and Paul Casey's the kind of guy, he, like, he strikes me as like the British Matt Kuchar, where the most important victory in his career will be something like the Players' Championship or yeah. the win the match play or something like that. <laughs> One of those like fringe major tournaments that's not really a major. Yeah, so, that's a good call. <laughs> so, so Paul Casey is my contender. And my winner, he was your winner in 2015. He finished tied for second there in 2012. He finished second at the Masters this season. He looks dynamite and orange Ricky Fowler I think is going to win the players championship for the second time uh he's just one of those guys who performs really well at big events I wouldn't be surprised if he won a major this year but I do think he will win the players championship coming up this week and so Nick that was your original pick to win yeah when I when I think players championship you kind of touched on it with Paul Casey uh, I think Ricky Fowler he he could be the guy who like it, he's going down that path where the biggest tournament, the biggest tournament he wins is the Players Championship, and he already already has one. Um, and it just it just seems fitting. It just it just seems like his comfort zone right now. Um, so yeah, that was my original thought. It just kind of seemed to fit. But when I saw that you picked him, I thought I would, uh, you know, go go away a little bit. No, I like that. Uh, um, so I alluded to this. I kind of teased it that I thought Tiger's going to do well, and I do think Tiger's going to do well, and I. I I almost put him in there also, but it's just, I mean, we talked so much about Tiger, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I wanted to get away from that a little bit, but, but I think that Tiger, um, it, it sounds like he struggled putting quite a bit this week. And I think, um, you know, he's got that Michael Jordan mindset where you turn your weakness into your strength. And I think if he can kind of 
flip that switch over the week and and come in with a hot putter on Thursday and then throughout the weekend, uh, he'll have a good chance also on uh, at the players. So it would be fun to see. It would be fun to see Tiger lift that trophy again. That would be really cool if he won that tournament. Nick, finally we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with some Tony talk. Yes. <laughs> so for some reason, my man, one of the top five quarterbacks in Dallas Cowboy history, Tony Romo. <laughs> He might be number five, actually. Is that where you, you – number five? Yeah. I mean, you have, what, Staubach, Aikman, uh, Meredith, Danny White is probably – Danny White's definitely better than Tony Romo. He took them to, like, four NFC Championship games. And then Tony Romo slides in there at number five right ahead of Vinny Testaverde. So I think um, it's 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 depressing, frankly, to see Tony Romo try to continue to qualify for the U.S. Open – and he's not getting past the local U.S. Open qualifying, which is the first stage of the U.S. Open qualifier. Now, in the past, he has made it beyond this. But seemingly, ever since him trying to qualify for these professional golf tournaments has gotten more notoriety, more attention to it, he has per- he's performed <laughs> worse and worse. <laughs> Does that kind of mirror his football career, Joe? Why do you struggle to get through that? Oh, that's exactly why. Because as I was saying that, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Tony Romo's on the at-the-turn <laughs> psychiatry couch right now, and we're analyzing him. Oh, my God. I mean, look. I want to see him. I want to see I want to see Tony qualify. <laughs> I want to see him get far. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I want to see. We want him to succeed. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. I, I want Tony in my U.S. Open. Oh, it's just it's just too bad. You know, he'll – and, and – uh, like five weeks ago, maybe more recently than that, he played in a PGA Tour event. Did you catch any of that? I I did actually. I saw some of the highlights. Um, I they, they kept showing how he was like missing the missing the fairway with every drive. <laughs> I mean, who among like, us hasn't? I, I just love that. I love when I see that because I'm like, it, it makes me feel like I have hope. I'm like, oh, these guys. These guys are missing the fairway by 40 yards, too. Like, <laughs> uh, Poor Tony. Well, yeah. Nick, I think uh, I think that does it for, for episode 20 of At The Turn. It's a good one. We're now we're in the dub club, which uh, it's a big milestone. And uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting more of these out maybe uh, about every other week, if that works for you, Joe, for uh, for the next couple months. Yeah, let's do it. Let's Let's start cranking these out. Obviously, we're going to have a lot to talk about as the season rolls on. I want to thank you all for listening so much to this episode of At The Turn and really all the support we've had uh, up until this point. I want to thank Vice Golf, uh, half the premium price, all of the quality uh, of the premium golf balls. Promo code TURN. You're going to get free shipping anywhere in the United States. Uh, Nick, get some sleep, play some golf, work on the short game. You'll be fine. That's the plan. And Joe, next time, the next time we record a podcast, I will not record a podcast until I'm ready to bring you my Square Strike Wedge review. I'm almost done. I think I just need like one or two more rounds with it and without it to kind of compare and contrast. And then I'll be ready to bring you my review. I have so many questions to ask you. I know. (laughs) It's going to be great. Uh, They're going to have to wait for episode 21, which will drop. In a couple of weeks, everyone enjoy your week. Enjoy the Players' Championship. We'll see you next time on At The Turn.